All right, come on in, everybody. Welcome back. TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler, Twitter and Facebook. Also, Holler and all across the state, thanks to your support. We really do appreciate it. That's your support that keeps us going. Your small dollar monthly donations make that happen. Shout out Elisa Parker. If you're buying or selling a home in Middle Tennessee, do it through her. If you need a lawyer, you're in Knoxville. Use Chloe Akers. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Aside from Chloe Akers, if you're not in Knoxville, Abby Rubenfeld is where it's at. Today, we're going to be talking about super draconian abortion ban is in place here in Tennessee as of not too long ago. One of the most draconian bans. We didn't realize how draconian it was. Well, at least I didn't. Gloria probably did. But until a lawyer in Knoxville started making these Instagram videos, basically saying, hey, hello, people, wake up. There are no exceptions to this ban, not even for life of the mother. Exceptions is a legal term. It's not in this law the way it is in some of the other bills throughout the country. There is only an affirmative defense, which means that the doctors get arrested and then they have to prove it. Basically, they're guilty until they're proven innocent in Tennessee. She's been saying this for a long time. People started to pay attention. And then this week, there is a ProPublica article with, I think, The Lookout and maybe WPLN that, hey, They've known this all along. And not only that, but they don't want to fix it because they want to do this everywhere. And they want to basically tell their people, hey, stop saying you didn't know what was going on. We need to defend this law. So today we're going to talk to Representative Gloria Johnson, who was one of the only people who called this what it was when it happened. And Chloe Akers, who is the loudest voice about what this bill actually is. So hello to both of you. Hi. Hi there. Chloe, let me start with you. What were your thoughts when you saw this article come out saying we need to defend this law and basically showing that they knew what it was all along and that even people like Richard Briggs, Senator Briggs, backed it not knowing that it was actually going to become a law? Sadly, my reaction, I think six months ago, it would have been shock. When I read it a couple of days ago, it was just, of course. Um, was sort of my reaction. Tennessee Right to Life knew precisely what was in the language. They invited Will Brewer, their lead lobbyist, to testify on this bill, which he did. They had Paul Linton, more or less the architect of the legislation, went to the House Subcommittee on Health and was extremely clear about what the law was. He talked about the affirmative defense. He discussed the intentionality of the onus being on the doctor to prove by a preponderance the alleged necessity. Of course, they knew what it was. What's really interesting, however, is publicly. Mr. Brewer, for example, has been interviewed by a number of news organizations I know because they will interview me and then they will interview him. Publicly, his comments about the law are so so different from privately how he was discussing it on this hour-long meeting. Publicly, he has said, you know, the ectopic pregnancy is not considered a subject matter of this law. It only applies to elective abortions, quote unquote, his words, not mine. He characterized the law very differently than he was describing it in this meeting. And so, of course, they knew what it said. They had some of the most prolific anti-choice, anti-abortion lawyers in the country writing this legislation, and they knew what it was. It is the harshest, most strict, legislation on this issue in the country. Of the 12 states currently enforcing laws against abortion, there's only one that has no exception for life of the mother. It's Tennessee. Every other state, Alabama, Mississippi, Oklahoma, you know, they all have a mechanism within the legislation to decriminalize 
the medical procedure when it's necessary to save a patient. Some of them have other exceptions as well. You know, Alabama excludes treatment of an ectopic and termination for lethal fetal anomaly from its definition. So I think if you're in the business of generating laws that force pregnancy and you are anti-choice, the Tennessee law is, you know, the Kentucky Derby winning racehorse. It is the strictest law. Of course, they don't want to change it because changing it would to them be perceived as giving an inch. I was not surprised at all that they were so candid privately about this intentionality. I am still, I would have to say a little bit shocked about Dr. Briggs openly admitting that he just didn't read the legislation. I do appreciate his honesty as a voter, as a constituent, as just a human being. I think all too often politicians are afraid to admit when they're wrong and just say, I messed up. That is absolutely no excuse. And I am disgusted that anyone, but let alone a doctor, a surgeon, grappling with legislation that would create such a seismic shift for maternal health, the women in the state of Tennessee couldn't be bothered to read a two-page bill. You know, I appreciate your honesty and your admission. I don't think you're qualified to do your job. You're right to call that out. It's shocking when it's something so serious has such an impact on so many people. Gloria, were you surprised that Senator Briggs admitted he didn't read the bill? Since you are somebody who read the bill, does any of this shock you at all? It shocks me they got busted. Makes me feel vindicated because I knew this is what was happening. The problem is, how do you prove that? Yes, I knew Dr. Briggs didn't read the bill. There was the chatter around the legislature that there was an exception, and I didn't see it. And this is sort of how Chloe and I got to know each other, because Chloe's reviewing the tapes, and she sees me asking the question. I was going to ask the question about exception for rape and incest, but then I thought, no, I'm going to all also include life of the mother because I don't see it in this bill. And so I asked the question, does this bill include exception for rape, incest, or life of the mother? And Susan Lynn, her first answer was no, it does not. And that was the truthful answer. Here for rape, incest, and life of the mother. Chairman Lynn. No, there's not. However, I went on to talk about what that would mean to women if there was no exception. And I saw her conferring with another member. And as soon as I stopped, she came back and said, oh yes, there are protections for life of the mother. I bet you she was supposed to stop at protections. But she went on to say, there are exceptions for life of the mother. Mr. Speaker, I, I was seeking recognition because actually this bill does protect the life of the mother. There was an exception for the life of the mother. She lied to every single citizen in the state of Tennessee. She lied to every citizen of the state. Absolutely no ethical boundaries whatsoever. By the way, she says, no, there's not. There's no exceptions. And you looked almost surprised yeah. at, her, at her honesty. Yeah, I was shocked that she admitted the truth. Right. So she said protect. And then she went right to exception. She probably wasn't supposed to do that. Bill Lee, he always says protections. He never yeah. says exception. Correct. They have been told by the lobbyists what to say. They are ruled and controlled by the lobbyists. They do not care about what Tennessee families want. They cater to lobbyists and billionaires. We hear it on the phone call. We hear them being given talking points. But the funniest part is these clowns were telling them that women will forget. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. We hear somebody lying when they push a law through. Now I know you're a lawyer, 
I don't know if that makes you an expert on the legislative process, but it seems like it should be illegal to lie about a law as you're passing it. Is it? I couldn't say. I don't know enough right. legislative process. Lying in general is not a crime. Perjury is a crime, you know, lying under oath. I was trying to just as a citizen understand why everyone kept saying there were exceptions to this law. I mean, I read that law hundreds of times and I kept being like, Chloe, you're a lawyer. You've been a criminal lawyer for 14 years. There's no exceptions. Yet I would see in the media, I would see the New York Times, I would see everywhere saying exceptions. The Tennessee General Assembly website, be willing to bet you they still have the law characterized as one which creates exception to save the life of the mother, right? So I remember being like, am I just insane? I saw that clip. And I remember being like, who is this Gloria Johnson? And then I was like, oh yeah, Gloria Johnson's my, my <laughs> state representative. I came from like a really honest, genuine place of true curiosity. The legislative process isn't something I always, I wasn't watching C-SPAN. I just was trying to understand how a person could stand up in front of the entire house and say there was an exception for the life of the mother when like literally the word exception and mother is not in the bill. She really wanted to believe they made a mistake. And that's the same way the doctors, all the doctors are, oh, this is a mistake and we have to fix it. I'm kind of like, y'all, I really don't think it was a mistake. General public and people who weren't super involved in politics want to think that the people working for them are being honest with them. If I'm a woman out there in Tennessee, I would probably be looking at filing ethics complaints against some of these legislators who are lying to them. What can people do right now that they've been so blatantly lied to about a law that is so clearly putting women in danger? Let their representatives, their senators know this is not acceptable. They're not for this. And this is not going away. Women are organizing. We know this might be a long fight. We have issues around sovereign immunity. We have issues around immunity that is granted for public officials, free speech. You have issues of intentionality. There's so many legal issues involved in a potential lawsuit. Whatever your politics are, and I don't think we're a group of people that want to have our taxpayer money paying the salaries of individuals who don't read the legislation that they're voting on. This is not like jaywalking. We're talking about a bill that's designed to shift the entire scope of healthcare in 30 days, and you couldn't be bothered to read it. The quickest way to fire these people from their job is to vote them out. And maybe you agree with the bill itself. I don't know how you could vote for someone who has openly said they're just not doing their job. Especially as a physician who knows that this is going to damage women's health, lose women or girls' lives. This is the very first sentence of that ProPublica article. It says, when State Senator Richard Briggs voted yes on Tennessee's total abortion ban, he never thought it would actually go into effect. His vote seemed like a political statement, not a decision that would soon impact people's lives. That infuriates me. I can't imagine what that must look like to women. You know, it is having an impact. We were getting messages like this one. Child they were carrying had severe defects at their ultrasound. No stomach, no kidneys, no legs. It was the hour the trigger ban went into effect. They had to find an out-of-state clinic. They ended up going to North Carolina, leaving his body behind his medical wish. It's a tragic, tragic story. Basically finding out that this is what they want for the entire country just infuriated her and forced her to, to reach out to us. Chloe, are you hearing stories like that? What are you hearing from doctors who have no idea really what to do when women show up 
with their lives in danger. Yeah, I mean, I have this unique perspective. I work a lot with doctors. So I'm really active doing webinars for ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. So I've talked to doctors all over the country. When you make something a crime, people don't want to do it. That's the point of making it a crime. Across the country, in states that have trigger bans, these doctors are being forced to choose between their ethical obligation their Hippocratic Oath, their responsibility to their patient, and following a law that was enacted by, in the state of Tennessee, people who didn't even read it. The doctors that I'm communicating with are incredibly frustrated, fearful of this impact on their practice, on their patients. What's astounded me so much is that these physicians are more concerned about the effect this will have on their patients than themselves. Actually, if there's a silver lining of all of this, I've gotten a front row seat to the incredible and enduring resilience of these physicians. We are in a debt of gratitude to them. We come off COVID, they put their lives on the line for all of us. And then these physicians now have to go up against this. It is beyond. They're terrified and they just want to be able to do their jobs and do their work. What do they think is going to happen to healthcare in Tennessee when these doctors say, you know what? Nobody's forcing us to stay here. I'll go practice in a state where I can do my job without the fear of criminalization, which is every GOP lawmaker didn't think through. You make something a crime, people don't want to do it. Whether and to what extent you enforce it doesn't matter. You criminalize it, it causes hesitation. And the doctors are just going to leave if it's not changed. I think that's a great point. You know, they keep saying, no doctor's been arrested yet. We saw very clearly on that recording that they are going to start looking for them. Susan Lynn said she wants to weed through these records. And we've already heard from those doctors that they are leaving the state. I know two that have left already. Because it's not just about arresting them. It's also about the chilling effect. It's just like with education and the CRT law. It's the teachers now have to think twice about teaching the truth. It's the doctors now have to think twice about taking care of patients. Yes, they're going to leave. They're not going to announce their exit. They're probably leaving right now. Our society will deteriorate. We already have bad health outcomes in so much of rural Tennessee. We already have high crime in so many of our cities. We already have a lot of poverty. Maybe your caucus gets to a point where you do want to talk about IVF. This is a quote from the audio and how to regulate it in a more ethical way, quote unquote, ethical to them. Keep in mind the perspective here or deal with some of those contraceptive issues. So this very clearly shows that IVF and contraception are on their minds. From a logic perspective, if you believe that life begins at conception, sperm meets egg, there are people who want to see IVF, the disposal of those embryos, criminalized. Because logically speaking, if life begins at conception, that should be murder also to you, right, Gloria? Is that right? And, and that's why they don't want to have that conversation right, right. now, because it just throws a big old clunker in their argument about life, and they don't care, and they're going to lie, and they don't want to talk about IVF, because that shows the hole in their argument. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about contraception. Thank goodness for this recording, because now every time they bring up one of those stupid talking points, we need to make sure we point out they are saying what the lobbyists told them. Don't want to address IVF because it's a hole in their argument. They will address IVF and they will address contraception when they think we've cooled off. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's going to get hotter and hotter and we will make sure it does. 
women will make sure it does. The people who care about women and girls are going to make sure it does. They don't want to have that conversation because it proves that their argument has holes and they don't know how to deal with it. So we need to bring it forward. Women are not going to um, forget about this. The far right um, and this movement to strip women of their right to bodily autonomy um, which has been successful. What I don't think they accounted for. Roe was decided in 72. This is 2022. Women in the course of the last 50 years have gained a hell of a lot more power, agency, economic control. We have taken back what was ours in the first place. We've spent the last 50 years doing that. 1972, it is not. We've got power now. We've got money. It goes so far beyond bodily autonomy. This is about human rights. This is about dignity. And I don't think that politicians took into account where women are in 2022. And it's not about them giving me my right back. I'm going to take what was rightfully mine in the first place. We are watching an assault on so many different minority groups in this state and we're done. We're not letting you give us something that we rightfully have, which is our human right to dignity and, and self-expression. And I just think it's going to be on. If they think that women are just gonna forget about this, they're out of their minds. What I would like to ask women to do in Tennessee is to show up on Legislative Plaza that first day of session when we open up the second Tuesday in January and make their voices heard loud and clear. I want everybody to show up, all the groups that are being attacked by this extremist MAGA supermajority. But I think that women should be there in force. They did it after the yes on one vote. Back in 14, more than a thousand women showed up. I think we should see more than that on the second Tuesday in January. I don't have time to organize it, but I sure hope somebody does. I've got skin in this game. I'm a, I'm a 40 year old woman. I want them to be able to do their job if I get pregnant and I will definitely be at a high risk pregnancy because I'm 40. I want to have the best physician treating me, treating my sister, treating my friends. I want that for everyone in Tennessee. We're going to lose that if we don't change this. And we are taking the experts out of everything. Notice that they want to take physicians out of decision making about health. They're taking teachers out of decision making about education. These small government people want government to run every single aspect of your life. They are taking away our freedoms. They are making women second-class citizens and don't discuss that at all. We just have to be vigilant about calling it out every time. And we need to call them on their lies and their misinformation. For example, my mom, hardcore Republican, voted Republican 70 years of her life. When I told her about the abortion ban, she's like, oh, Gloria, they'll fix that. They'll change that. I was like, mom, they're not going to do it. For the first time in 70 years, voted for a Democratic governor and the Democrat running for state house in her district. And as we get the information out to every corner of the state, hopefully we'll see a lot more because women matter, girls matter. We need to make sure that we're protecting everyone in Tennessee. Thank you both for calling it out, speaking the truth. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks, you guys. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee.